The reason why there were a lot of deals is because a lot of real estate companies and family offices and institutionals, they were all trying to get one more deal before the end of the year. They had a lot of capital to deploy, and there were also a lot of sellers that were in a rush to sell before the year flips to 2022. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the fourth season of Ready to Scale. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman. Real estate investing is not rocket science, but it's not a fairy tale either. It's an incredible investment vehicle that builds and grows wealth. I have done it, and this is why so many of the wealthiest people in America and in the world, actually, invest in real estate as well. Listen in every week to learn about all the different real estate asset classes, which strategies experienced and successful investors use to live their best lives and the processes to do it. Don't reinvent the wheel. Just listen in every week to grow your knowledge along with me and to move your finances to a place where you can live an extraordinary life. This show is sponsored by my company, Blue Lake Capital, where we help passive investors grow their wealth through large multifamily investments and funds. To learn more about my company and invest in with me, visit www.bluelake-capital.com. Welcome to Ready to Scale Season 4. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ready to Scale. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman broadcasting from sunny Providence today, which makes me very, very happy. Before we begin and cover the October recap and where, you know, I'm going to share with you what I've seen in the market and how the multifamily market is going or has gone in October, I want to just remind you that we still have RevFund, which is our $100 million fund, a multifamily value-add fund, which is open and accepting new investors. We also have a new investment in Atlanta. If you would like to invest with me, invest with us, with Blue Lake Capital, please reach out to us. You can basically Google Ellie Perlman or go to our website, bluelake-capital.com. Leave your information where you can speak with our director of investor relations, the great Jeanette, and talk about the deal, about the fund, and investing in real estate with us. All right. So I wanted to start by talking a little bit about the performance in the multifamily market during October. Then I'm going to move and cover acquisitions I want to also touch on the debt and the equity side and then finish the episode with future outlook of what I think is going to happen in the last few months of 2021. Okay, so when it comes to performance, multifamily, and it's not surprising, still going strong. So it's going strong. Rents are still up month over month. So I can give you some examples, real life examples And I want to use Atlanta as one of our main markets with a tremendous growth. We've seen tremendous growth in that market in the past, I would say, 24 months. So in Atlanta, we were able to get up to 42% rent increases on renewals, which means that the tenants are still staying in the apartment. We're not even renovating the apartment. And we're getting 40 up to 42% rent increases which it's an insane number if you think about it. We're talking about $400 to $600 increase month over month per unit, and we're not even 
putting any money back into the unit. We're not even renovating those units. There's no need to because we're getting more than we under when we bought the deal for premiums that require innovation. So that's one example to show you how strong rent increases are in the Atlanta market. We were also getting up to 59.9% rent increases in Atlanta for renovated units. So we invested about nine dollars to $10,000 per unit, and we were getting those high increases. Now, yeah, I can sit here all day and feel very proud that we're getting those numbers, but I have to be very honest. Some of it is the great work that we've done with our property management team, but some of it is actually the market. The market is strong. The market is allowing us to charge those high rents because what we've seen since COVID started, there's a double migration within the U.S. and we were very, very attuned to those migration patterns and we followed the tenants. So there was a migration from core markets to secondary tertiary markets and Atlanta is one of those markets. People were moving from New York, people were moving from California, unfortunately, because everyone knows how much I love California, you know, from specifically from San Francisco, from Los Angeles to markets that were more affordable. And then, so people were moving to Texas, to Florida, to Georgia from core markets. And the second migration pattern that we also seen in October of 2021 is a migration within the cities between the downtown area and the city, the core city area, to the suburbs where people and tenants can actually find more value for their money. Even with 42% and 59.9% rent increases, it's still lower than what they would have gotten in the city or in San Francisco. So that's just to say, you know, to show how much, how strong the multifamily market is. In addition, we also, we've seen very high occupancy throughout the pandemic. I can share with you that the Blue Lake portfolio is at 95.4% occupied on average. So even though we're increasing rents, our occupancy stays high. And part of the reason is A, because we find assets in great locations, but because a single family home market is very challenging, it's getting harder and harder for people to find homes then when we focus on strong locations in class B assets, those tenants that are making 60, 70, and $100,000 a year can afford, technically, they can't afford buying a house, but they can't find anything and the prices have gone up significantly. So that's why more and more tenants are staying in or, or are looking for an apartment to lease. They're not looking to buy a house and that also contributes to the high occupancy. On the flip side, it's still hard to find staff. It's still hard to find property managers and maintenance guys and maintenance supervisors. And we also need to pay them a little bit more. Insurance costs have gone up. Material and labor costs have gone up. So that's what happened in October. So on one hand, you have some expenses that have gone up, but also we have an amazing increase in income and rent and very, very solid high occupancy that actually offset the increase in expenses and more so. So basically it leaves us with a significant cash flow by the end of the month. And that's the situation with many sponsors across many good, solid markets. And that's how the multifamily performance landscape has looked like in October of 2021. Very strong 
rents are increasing, occupancy is pretty high, even though expenses are still going up. So that's on the performance side. Now, I want to transition and talk a little bit about the acquisition side. So when it comes to acquisitions, since the beginning of 2021, pipeline has almost dried up. There were very little, very few deals out there. But during October, September, October, there were a lot more deals. And so if we're looking to summarize October, we have a lot of deals. We've experienced a flood of deals out there. I went to a five-day trip and I covered 19 assets between Atlanta and North Carolina because there were a lot of deals to look at. And so the reason why there were a lot of deals is because a lot of real estate companies and family offices and institutionals, they were all trying to get one more deal before the end of the year. They had a lot of capital to deploy and there were also a lot of sellers that were in a rush to sell before the year flips to 2022 and then the new tax laws are going to be you know in place and there was a lot of uncertainty now it doesn't seem to be as terrible as we thought you know six months ago and three months ago but then when sellers thought that maybe 1031 exchange is going to go away they started the process and it takes six months to eight months to sell a large property. And that's one of the reasons why we've seen a lot of deals out there. So there were a lot of deals to choose from, still very competitive, still compressed cap rates. We've seen cap rates around 3%, which was a cap rate that I used to see, you know, in markets like San Francisco. But still, because the increase in rent, you don't see 42% rent increases in one month in San Francisco, you do see it in other markets, then there's definitely room for cash flow and it definitely makes the deals very profitable. So that's what happened on the acquisition side. Now let's talk a little bit about debt. And without boring you guys, you know, I, I used to be a lawyer in my past life, so I know that debt sometimes, you know, makes people roll their eyes and it's not the most interesting aspect of real estate, but it's still very, very important to understand what's going on, even if you're a passive investor. Just so you know, you know, when you're looking at a deal, when you're evaluating a deal with a sponsor, what to look for. So when it comes to debt, lenders, they're pretty much backed up. So because there's a lot of deals, a lot of lenders are busy. There's a very long lead time. They have very little capacity for new debt, for new deals. So you know, you can't really choose between seven different lenders because most of them are not going to be available to do the deal. They're busy on other deals. Everyone is working super hard and on their tight schedule to close deals before the end of the year. So that's basically the debt landscape is pretty much mirroring the acquisition landscape, which is very busy. Everyone's rushing to finish things before the end of the year. However, debt still remained very competitive debt terms are still good. You have, we're looking at 2.8, 2.7% to 3.5% interest rates with full-term IO, which means if you are planning to hold a property for five or seven years, you can get those interest rates and pay interest only, which is the IO for five to seven years, which is very, very attractive for operators like us. So in terms of the debt, we haven't seen an increase in interest rates. And thank God that the COVID reserves that were in place last year and a little bit at the beginning of this year have, you know, kind of disappeared. So we don't need to bring a few more millions and put aside as reserves because of COVID. The lenders, they have a restored confidence in multifamily and, and October was no different with very, very solid debt terms. 
Now, when it comes to equity, October was a great you know month for equity. There's still a lot of liquidity out there between private investors, family offices, institutionals. There's a lot of liquidity, a lot of money out there, a lot of equity out there that needs to be deployed. And a big portion of it has been deployed already because there have been a lot of deals out there. But in October, there were still a lot of groups that were looking to deploy capital before the end of the year. So that's kind of the picture. That's a picture of October of 2021 when it comes to multifamily investing. That's what I see from my side of the table as an owner and operator of multifamily properties. And we have about $530 million in assets under management, over 2,600 units across the U.S. So we've seen We've seen a lot. You know, we were both buyers and sellers this year, and October was a really, really strong month for us in terms of performance. And we also were purchasing a new asset. And so that it's been a very, very good month for multifamily in general. Now, what's going to happen until the end of the year? I think things, you know, are going to slow down. They usually slow down every year around Thanksgiving because people travel more and there's less capacity with lenders, with buyers and sellers, and less desire to be involved in a deal, which honestly, I don't understand. I always want to get the next deal, even if it's on Thanksgiving evening. For me, it's, it's very exciting. But I do understand that some groups, actually many groups, they like that things slow down around the holiday season. So I would say about a week to two weeks before Thanksgiving until the beginning of 2021, kind of first 10, 15 days of January, things are going to slow down. Usually the pickup between beginning to the end of February, because then you have a big yearly conference. They rotate between Orlando and California, so between Florida and California. San Diego and, and Orlando, I forget where they're going to be next year. I think they're going to be in Orlando next year. And this is the NMHC, so the National Multi-Housing Council. It's a conference with thousands of participants. It's basically property managers, brokers, and multifamily operators. They all get together in one place. And then a lot of the brokers are showcasing the deals that they have in their hands. And a lot of sellers are actually trying to time it so their deal is ready to be sent out there into the world around the NMHC, which happens in, I would say, probably, if I'm not mistaken, it's February 15th until the 24th or the 21st, somewhere around that time frame. So a lot of deals, the pipeline is going to be filled out around February, but until then, we're probably going to see some things slowing down. That's it for today, guys. Just to sum up, when it comes to October, it was another great month for multifamily when it comes to performance. Very, very busy on the acquisition side. A lot of deals were out there. Debt terms are still great. A lot of liquidity out there, a lot of capital still looking to be deployed. And as I mentioned, I think that it's going to get slower. Things are going to get slow a bit and for the next, I would say, 90 days. And again, if you're interested in investing in our $100 million fund that we call Rev Fund or in our new deal that we have under contract right now, you can reach out to us to info at bluelake-capital.com or just go to our website, bluelake-capital.com and add your information there under invest with us and we'll get back 
to you as soon as possible to discuss investing in multifamily. That's it for today, guys. I hope that it gave you a little bit more context of what's going on in multifamily behind the scenes from what I see and experience as an owner and operator of multifamily properties. Be bold, be great, guys. Keep pushing forward and I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.